The Marlins swept by Philadelphia. Heading into the All-Star break, no Marlins games for the next three days. But we're going to dig into the Max Meyer debut and maybe the Trevor Rogers resurgence on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and greetings from England, a very, very warm England today, and welcome to Monday's episode of Locked on Marlins. I'm your host, of course, Peter Pratt, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instas. Subscribe to the pod wherever you get them. Subscribe to the U channel. You, the U channel? The YouTube channel, if you're watching. Hello, greetings. You can see I'm already sweating up. It's Quarter past 10 p.m. UK time, and it's still scorching. And if you are watching, you will be able to see, of course, you're starting to get a vibe now, guys. Every Monday, UK goat in the house, Sean Barrett. How are we doing, Sean? I'm doing well, Pete. Yeah, I'll probably be sweating at the end of this episode as well. I'm doing well. Um, it's nice to know that for the next couple of days, the Marlins can't hurt me. No, they can't lose a game. They can't. You might be sweating up later, though, brother, because we're going to talk about Garrett Cooper's uh, hitting in, in July and at some point. So uh, I'll let you ponder on that one. Uh, guys, I'm delighted to announce that this uh, today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. So save up up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. More about those guys later on. Sean Barrett, we regroup. We come today to talk about a very disappointing three-game series with the Phils. At home, the Marlins end up being swept. I believe the total score runs 16-1. 16-1 for the Phils. Oh, boy. How would you summarize that series, Sean? I mean, ultimately, it's a disappointment. We've just come off some tough series against teams that, you know, we were saying if we can come away 500 against the Mets and the Cardinals, and, and lo and behold, they did. You know, they, and they kept in it, and they kept us excited, and, and we were coming into a series um, with Pittsburgh and with Philly that we were talking about, and now's the time to eat, now's the time to get the wins, mm-hmm. now's the time to get above 500. Lucky to split a series with Pittsburgh after losing the first two games. But we came away winning to the final two, so a little bit of optimism going into the Philly games. And then the bats just absolutely died. The pitching was, you know, it was okay to a certain degree. Um, We'll probably get into Myers' start and, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, all the runs that were given up there. But ultimately, it was it's the bats, isn't it? I mean, break out the Peter Pratt uh, thesaurus. You know, it's turgid, it's embarrassing, (laughs) it's... It's dog shit, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, brother, it was pain. And it just it wasn't just the Phil series. This kind of predates that, like the Pirate series. You're right to call out, too. They were lucky to split that series. Truly, they were. Like, they could have been swept by the, the Pirates, too. Like, it was 2-2 flattered the Marlins, in my opinion, for, for that series. And then, I mean, the sweep for the Phils, did it flatter them? No, it didn't. It you know, boils down to they should have won the Sandy game in general, but 
you know, gave up a couple of runs. And then the other two games, clearly, like the Phils got up, you know, relatively handily early and, you know, they, they, they kind of pitched their way to success. So let's go back, though, because the Pirates series ends and we get the announcement. We get this announcement that Max Meyer will be debuting for the Marlins, long awaited, a lot of buzz around that. What was your initial take on that? I mean, you know, right before the All-Star break. Um, so interesting timing. It's all going to be interesting again at the back end of that, where you're trying to work out who's pitching where and when and whatever. So Max gets the call. In general, were you surprised at the timing? I'm surprised at the timing? No, because we've been asking for it for so long. <laughs> that, I mean, That's the, why it was a surprise. Yeah, to, to finally get it made it the surprise. Um but I think realistically, this is this is probably the plan all along to bring him up. You know, I think he probably would have been up if he hadn't had that, that injury. Agreed. They built they built him up. He pitched well, and and he was ready. And I think that at that final game where he got injured was probably the final game that he was going to have. Yeah. Uh, and the Marlins, I was surprised they brought him up to a certain degree because in his final start there were four walks. He got up to eighty five pitches, but because of the walks, I thought maybe they'd make the decision of. Yes, we've got the pitch count up, but he struggled a little bit. But so for them to bring him up, you know, to sort of have that little bit of excitement just before the All Star game was was interesting because they could have probably waited another week and yeah, had the have the excitement that we're going to have from the All Star game and then build on that. Um, as it is, they've made the decision a week or so earlier, um, mm. and you know, it's something to really look forward to in the second half now. Yeah, especially as at the moment, you know, the the ideas of playoff chances are starting to dwindle a little bit more because every time they get close, they just shoot themselves in the foot. So at least with this having Meyer, we get a good look at him. Um, and there obviously there are a few other bright spots that keep us invested. But you know, it is a case of it's now put up or shut up as far as winning games. Um, so let's take these few days. Let's have a rest. You know, let's have, you know, let's get ourselves ready for the second half because, at the moment, it does feel like every series is so so built up, uh, yeah. not just for the team but for us as fans. So, a couple of days away just to rest up is is something that I certainly need. <laughs> you may have sensed that I might be in a similar a similar camp uh, based on my my video on Sunday. I was. I was extremely disappointed with how that series went. Really, really disappointed. Just the bats had uh, just not come to life. And and it's not like the Phils. I mean, Zach Wheeler wasn't in there um, in that series. And, and Nola pitched well, to be fair, on Sunday. He did. And, and you know, Nola's having a nice year. Um, but, you know, Gibson's kind of like a mid-rotation dude. Ranger Suarez coming back after, you know, an IL stint. You know, to put up just one run. Uh, a kind of second inning. I think it was the second inning of the first game of Brian De La Cruz sack flight. And that to be it for the whole series is, is pretty poor. No doubt about it. Um, we'll talk after the ads. I wanted to really deep dive in on, on Max's start specifically, but one soundbite that I thought was very interesting uh, after the game was Don Manningly um, answering a question around, you know, what are we doing with the offense? How are we going to mix and match guys? And he basically said, that's it. Load management. We're going to get away from it. No load management. No guys. It's time to go. Let's go. Something along those lines from Donnie. I thought that was interesting in general, but I mean, it almost feels a little bit too late to be kind of pushing that. I mean, but Donnie, I think has recognized, listen, this season could fade away and, you know, the guys are going to have to be out there, you know, and just, 
just grind it and get it rolling. So what did you what was your takeaway on that statement if you did see it? I mean, to a certain degree, you know, the load management has frustrated fans um, mm. from time to time. Uh, but I think there is a justified reason for doing some load management across a, a lengthy season like this. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, in my eyes, I think it goes back to what you said about riding a hot hand. It is that case of the load management. I don't mind load management when guys aren't performing. But, you know, giving a guy a, a day off, you know, after three hot games, to me, makes no sense. You know, no. wait, wait for him to either cool down or just wait for a day off to give him that day off. You know, you want guys to continue to build through that hot streak and just and play them. And once that cools down a bit, because you know baseball is all about you know luck and percentages, it will they will cool down, and then that's when you give them a day off. It, it, but can we really say that anyone in the Marlins is is at a point of must start every game? You know, offensively, I don't think there's anyone at the moment, especially over the last couple of series. Obviously, Coop had that stretch where he was fantastic, but we'll get into it later on mm-hmm. about how he's cooled down. But again, mm-hmm. it's a case of while Coop was hot, I would have liked to have seen him in the lineup every day. You know, I, yeah. I'd rather see guys that are cold getting benched more rather than worrying about guys that are hot getting benched because that at the moment is the biggest thing that's hurting the Marlins. It is playing Abby every single game, but batting him in the heart of the lineup every single game. No, you know, no. the guys that aren't putting up the numbers start needing to be overbenched or pushed down into the bottom end of that lineup. I mean, the way that things have been going in July, I mean, we've we've basically got a lineup of, you know, we've got seven number sixes. And, you know, we've just got no top of the order. It's been, you know, if we keep shuffling people down, it's just been, it's been real, real struggle, no doubt. We'll deep dive on that shortly, um, as well as getting into Max Meyer, guys. Uh, but uh, it's time to let you know about our good friends, again, of course, at BlueNile.com. So, at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of your dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all of the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So, what have you got to do? If you're thinking about red, thinking about popping the question, getting down on one knee, or celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So, two key bits now, guys. Engagement rings. If you're thinking about the engagement ring, here's the beauty. Here's what Blue Nile can do. They've got simple online tools that let you choose diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. And then Blue Nile's jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring, one of a kind. Be spoke, baby. If you're not thinking about engagement, you've already you've already got got it done. You've already put a ring on it. Then you're thinking about special moments. What you're doing for that birthday. So if you're looking for fine jewelry. Having trouble choosing Blue Nile as jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So, make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. So you can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces at 25%, sorry, and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured. Ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, Shawnee Barrett, you were talking about uh, guys that are hot, riding the hot hand. I mean, I'm absolutely baked now. I mean, as this show's going on, I'm melting into my chair as it goes. So it's so warm here in the UK. It's absolutely crazy. Um, But 
I wanted to go back as well to, <clears throat> I mean, the offense has not been good in general, but the the Avisel Garcia um, situation continues to to just really hurt the Marlins, in my opinion. I, I just they, they've got really no way out of this one. But aside from that, Soler was added back to the roster, so that felt like a shot in the arm. And to be honest with you, know, from from Soler, having watched the ABs, um, Soler was fine. He was just, he had an unlucky series. He hit a lot of balls hard. Um, you know, barreled balls just didn't it didn't fall for him. Straight at fielders, um, you know, was what it was. Um, so, but Avi's still struggling. Soler's still doing what he's doing. I think he's fine. Um, center field, though, mate, in this series was a very interesting situation where Dela Cruz was getting the the primary playing time. I guess two or three. Um, neither him or Jesus Sanchez are really doing anything right now. You know. <clears throat> If the Marlins are going to change this up, is it just one of those where you just think, you know what, let's get Blade up here now. Let's send De La Cruz back down or Jesus Sanchez. I, I'd probably lean on De La Cruz to send him down um, just because we got so many righties already. Keep Jesus Sanchez the left-handed stick and get Blade up. I mean, what can they do to shuffle the pack offensively? It just feels like there's not tons of options really that can kind of make an impact. So where would you go? I think one of them do have well, I think one or both of them do have to go down. I yeah. think they both struggled with the bat, um, and to be honest, you know it is a case of how much longer do the Marlins give them opportunities in a year while you know competing still is probably you know something that they're trying to do. Yeah, down at the AAA, you've got you've got Blade, who again is a guy that we we deserve to see at the major league level. You know he's hitting for power. I mean he's hitting home runs nearly every night. It feels. <laughs> you know Hayward's still down there. You know as an opportunity, and he's a guy a bit like Solaire, who where the average might not be there, but you know on any given night he's you know he's got a puncher's chance of a home run. Do the Marlins still feel like they could make a move and bring in a guy like a Loriano or you know go all out and bring in one of these stud centre fielders? At the moment, as it stands, I think that if we continue to see Jesus Sanchez and De La Cruz, you know, sharing time at centre field, that is the Marlins saying we're out on this year and we're going to look to start to sell pieces because neither of them are hitting and neither of them have shown any, you know, progress over the last couple of weeks. And to be honest, they need to go down and we need to start bringing in some bats that are performing. I, I I think we're at that point, really. We really are, and I, I feel like it's going to be Blade time very, very soon. To be honest with you, like pretty much immediately, um, straight after. Like I think, I mean, let's not forget Brian De La Cruz started a Triple A, um, you know, we, which was a surprise to us. Actually, I think we felt like he would make the roster, but but didn't. Um, and that was even when the rosters were expanded. I think at the time, so it was a bit of a surprise. Billy Hamilton's also on the roster, and has fit into his role pretty well. He's not a he's not a hitter. He's not there for his offense, but he is a role dude and can can fill in, I guess. But the offense just needs more pop right now. It needs more juice. Like it's looked lifeless for some time. And I would it predates July, to be honest with you. I think we've all had our concerns about this offense in general. I think it mainly comes down to the fact that you know Avi Garcia should be the heart of this this lineup and and really it's just been so underwhelming. Cooper Loop, when he was hot, has kind of like kept things afloat, like really kind of jazz went down. Cooper Loop just kept hitting, though. Now Coop's tailed off in July as well. Jazz is still out the lineup. Soler's back. I, he had an unlucky series, like I said. So I, I do still have hope for Soler. But 
it needs it needs another shot. It needs another shot in the arm because Stallings, you know, we we know where Stallings is at offensively. Um, we know where you know Miggy Rose kind of you know underperforming with a stick, but the glove is still sensational. So the Marlins are leaning like heavily defensive first there in you know catcher and short, but you know not much offensively. So. Uh, it's it's a real tough one, and, and they've got the two guys at first base. Obviously, Coop and Aggie kind of flicking between first base and DH, so that kind of then blocks like the Lewin Diaz situation. Um, you know, again, Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler—they're blocking Encarnacion. You can kind of shunt Blade in there and go. Listen, Blade, you're in center field, which I think is going to have to be the move. Like they're going to have to literally play Blade in center, which I ha- he has been playing center this year. Um, and let's be honest, like you know. Sanchez and Dela Cruz have not been like above average there either. So there's no downgrade, but I don't know, mate. It's just it's just been a really tough stretch. What's been your take on Coop though? Because he's he has had a quiet July in general. It's not been great. The, the the offense in general hasn't been great. Have you seen anything different? I mean, it felt early on there were some elements of luck in there. The kind of Cooper bloops were dropping in. Maybe that stopped now. But is there anything more generally you're seeing with your boy Coop? You'll be watching every at bat as intently as anyone. I know that. I think Coop does get you know the, you know he doesn't get called Cooper bloops for no reason. You know, <laughs> his BABIP has usually been pretty high. That comes from having um, a good line drive rate, basically. You know, he's he's a pure hitter. And not only that, he hits it to all levels of the field. Like some guys you look at and they've got a, a 45% pull rate and his is in the 20s. So yeah. he, he really does use all the fields. I mean, it can be as simple as Babbitt. You know, every now and then you get luckier than you should and every now and then you get less lucky. He seems to be fouling off balls, so I don't think he's too far away from where he is. I mean, every time he fouls a ball off his knees or his lower half, I, 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 I pause for breath. <laughs> Me uh, too. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I noticed, uh, you know, all the at-bats I'm watching of his and, and you know, I'm... You know, I'm rooting for him. I'm calling out for him, and he's not delivering at the moment. Um, his average, as you know, it, it was 320 at one point almost, is mm. now below 300. So it's it's been noticeable that it's been dropping. But it was uh, Christina Di Nicola yesterday tweeted out that he was four for 47 since second of July. Good for mm. but bad for an 085 batting average. So he's definitely cooled down and. To a degree, that's that's certainly affected the Marlins, especially with, yeah. as you said, Jazz down now. I mean, you're right to call out. It's not just July. I mean, you could look at pretty much the whole back half of June as well. You yeah. know, besides, you know, a sweep of the Rockies and the sweep of the Nationals, there's not really been much to root for. Um, so <laughs> there aren't many series left now with those types of teams. So it is a case of they've got to get together and start hitting because now the lineup. You know the, the 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 games that they're playing are about against better lineups. Um, mm. So it is a case of you know you could say and and Mish has said it many times. He's waiting for the Marlins to beat a good, you know, win a good series against a good team. And yeah. at the moment, I don't I don't see it happening with the offense the way it is. No, no, it's uh, Craig's called it out. We haven't beat anyone. We haven't beat anyone in the NL. That at that point in time, we're sitting above 500, and we've just been swept by the Phils. Um, you know, so right to call it out. We can't. You're not going to make up ground on the guys ahead of you without beating some of them. And I think the Marlins have kind of found their level. To me, it feels like the the way things are shaping up in the standings. To me, feels 
about right. Like the Marlins are, are in their own tier almost, it feels like below below the guys that we've been chasing down, the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Phils. Um, you know, a tier below, but basically in their own tier at that spot. Like they are. The others then are, are kind of quite, in my opinion, uh, there's a decent drop off in talent there um, to like the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and uh, and the rest in, in the NL. So the Marlins have kind of found their spot. The key bit for them is, well, how do they join that group? How do they take the next step? And it's clearly they need offensive upgrades. That's been clear. When we look back on this year, which will probably inevitably be a disappointment overall, it's just going to be the fact that the Avi Garcia and, and, and Jorge Soler deals <coughs> haven't panned out. I mean, that's going to be at the heart of it, really. Um, interested to see what happens with, with Soler specifically at the deadline. Like, I do believe he is movable. I truly, I truly do. Um, and so if they decide they want to go in a different direction, I think they could. I'm not convinced they they have that opportunity with Avi Garcia. Um, and maybe they don't. Maybe they're still bought in. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Us as fans are, are desperately frustrated with the way things have gone with Avi, but I don't know how the Marlins feel specifically about him, whether they're out on Avi. I mean, it's hard to be out on a guy you've committed to four years to, so... That's a bit of a tricky situation, but yeah, nevertheless, let's dig into Max Meyer real shortly. But uh, before we do that, guys, a uh, reminder, this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, All-Stars, Home Run Derby odds. I'm sure of that. Saying that right. It's not Home Run Derby, right? It's Home Run Derby. Anyway. Uh, it's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, e-sports, and scores. And it's your best uh, best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. Big claim. They've got everything. Any, any sport you want, betonline.net, it's the fastest and easiest way. you got MMA. you got boxing. you got golf. Major League Baseball, we've already said. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn, about, learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Sean Barrett, Max Meyer's career started, a major league career anyway, started on Saturday. Hype video was there, a lot of buzz, Sugar Kings, jerseys. What was your main takeaways from the actual performance on the field? Main takeaway was that it was, on the whole, pretty positive. Mm. You know, the, the stuff worked, you know, at times. You know, the strikeouts, the slider specifically, even though one of the home runs was hit off a slider that didn't do much. You know, the slider looked, you know, a major league above average pitch. The control was nice. Just the one walk, I said earlier about how he walked four in his final minor league game. So the one walk, I was asked before the game from, from one of my friends, basically, what would you say would be an okay start? And I said, five, you know, five innings, a couple of runs, you know, nine K per nine. I keep the walks to one or two. Um, yeah. So the walks were there, the Ks were there. He went five. So on the whole, the positives. Now the home runs, you know, when he did get hit, he got hit. The first home run from Real Muto was, you know, that was a, a fastball straight down the middle. Um, and the second that it got hit, I was watching the game on a very, very small screen. Um, out in public, and as soon as I saw the swing, I was like, "Yeah, he got all of that. That's a home run." I just yep. put the phone down. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, even at Lone Depot Park, that was you know that was a, a proper home run. So, mm. I think on the whole, there are some positives. There are things to build on. There are things to improve on. Um, and ultimately, when you're talking about a rookie 
in their first start against not a terrible offense. You know, he, he did pretty much what you can expect him to do. Um, you know, in the end, the because of the extra base hits, the numbers look a little bit less pleasing. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, I think, you know, it, it's a case of it, we're ready to see more from him. And I think, it, you know, he will grow from that start. So I think the next start will be really interesting. Yeah, me too. Me too, mate. I think you've summarized it uh, perfectly there. I I think a lot of people were in line with you. They were looking for a K per nine type of ratio, keep the walks down, give it, you know, a couple of runs. Let's see how we go. And in all honesty, it could have been that. Let's not forget two of the earned runs came um, on, on Richard Blyer, um, who came in uh, in relief. Marlins ended up loading the bases, um, you know, intentionally. Um, and Blyer couldn't get out of it. So two of them came off off him. Um, granted, irrespective of the load in the base or not, the hit would have still scored the two. So um, for me, Max Meyer, when I look at that in general, my summary, just my feeling, and I was I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it actually. I was in, I was intrigued to see what I did see was the slider plays. Um, he's got a heavy reliance on the slider, and so I think the key bit there is, and we've said this already, others have said it. You know, it's developing the changeup where the confidence is is higher, and then he can kind of really mix and match. Because if it, it you know, he can't just throw eighty sliders a game um, and whatever. And the, what I would say though, the main thing with Max, you know, the Riamuto bomb. Um, the funny thing was, he struck Riamuto out on that exact pitch in that exact location the first time around. Um, but you know, like you said, Riamuto got it. When you look at the stack cast, where it, you know where it was the location you know it, it's relatively middle middle pretty much and so those get hit they get hit and they get hit hard and so max in the early part i remember seeing christina put up um you know the the, the scatter gun where where's his pitch has been in the first inning or two there was a lot like around the middle of the plate he wasn't getting hit hard at that point but it was a little bit he was a bit plate heavy i would say and so just needs to tweak that refine it Gave up the bomb to Riamuto. The Hoskins won too. Listen, that was down in the zone, like it was below the zone. So it's one of them. Hoskins, though, to the point, though, he's sitting on the slider. He knows it's coming. He knows it's going to be low in the zone. He hits well low in the zone. Everyone hits low in the zone these days. And he got him. It's one of them. Um, and then, yeah, okay, a couple of extra base hits come along and, you know, was what it was. So overall, encouraging for Max. Would have been great if he got out there with just like, you know, three earned. Um, you know, the, the two home runs, and you go, okay, great, we can work on that. He's a little bit, you know, just needs to work the edges a little bit more, but that'll come. That'll come. I liked what I saw. Um, the, the the family interview in the stands was fun as well. His dad was his dad was lost for words fundamentally. It was it was funny to see. Um, you know, uh, but encouraging for Max. Sean is is Max now in the rotation for the foreseeable. And okay, let's let's just assume that he performs okay and it's all good do you think that he's up now and the marlins are going to give him a long leash to kind of go at it or is this still in flux the reason i'm asking that is cabrera had a rehab lozado had a rehab um potit's back up in the mix he got blown up in that same game by the way but um nevertheless um you know there's some guys coming back that have already had an opportunity in advance of what max did so how do you think they play this it's nice to think that all oh, the Marlins now have too much pitching again. Yeah. But 
we said that to begin the season and look where we are now. So yeah. I think it is a case of uh, they'll, they'll be careful with managing his innings, especially with the injury that he's had this year. You could also argue that because of that injury, then there was time when he wasn't pitching and there, there's less innings on his arm. But I think that every pitch that he throws now, unless he really does sort of struggle, which I don't think he will. I think, mm. I think there's enough stuff there for him to, to, to work through those struggles. I don't think it'll ever be so bad. I think he deserves to pitch every single inning that he can for the rest of the season at the Major League level. Does he finish out in the rotation, taking his spot every five starts? Probably not. I think that's you know you're you're pushing too many innings at that point. But yeah. I don't see I don't see the benefit unless he really does fall off of having him go back to AAA and pitch anymore. He's He's up now, and I think that he should he should stick around, and we should see what we've got with him because ultimately he is, you know, he's going to be hopefully a core piece of this rotation for the next six or seven years at the very least. So let's see what he's got. Let's see him work through, as you said, you know, the pitching too much in the zone. You know that slider's so good that you know he'll get swings off the plate with that pitch. Um, as he has through all the minor league levels. So I think it is a case of let him work through, let him learn how to pitch to major league batters. Um, yeah. I just don't see the point. And, and we we talk about this a lot, bringing up these young players of like, let's see them get a consistent time at the, the major league level. And that's where he is now. There's no, there's no more growing down in AAA. We've seen what he can do there. He just no. demolishes it. Agreed. And for me, the biggest thing is, let him work now for the rest of the year with Mel Stoudemire directly, day after day. Work with Mel for me. That's what he needs. It's exactly the same. Let's think back to Jesus Lazardo last year. Comes over, walks all over the show. Wasn't looking good. Thinking, oh boy, made a mistake. Next thing is, a couple of starts in, Mel's fixed him. Came back absolutely on fire this year. So that's what I want to see for Max Meyer. I want him give him the full opportunity. But the problem is there's just too many arms again now that are, that are around. Elias is already in the pen. I'm doing well in the pen, by the way. Um, who would have thought? And, um, you know, but Eddie Cabrera equally needs another shot. He was electric, let's not forget, in his, uh, his season debut in, in cause. Um, Lozado was on fire as well at the start of the year. Braxton Garrett, let's call it out. He's been on fire as well. Sandy's on fire. Pablo's on fire. Trevor had his best start. We've not really spoken about Trevor that much, and we've run out of time, so we, we don't. But he's had his best start of the year, probably. There's a deadline approaching as well, Sean. I'm just going to call that out. There's a deadline approaching. The Marlins clearly have a deficiency in the offense still. Um, they've clearly got tons of arms. I, I think even at this deadline, even though they're out of it, they still need to think for the future and try and you know find a way of, of, of making a deal now. Um, to help themselves in many ways, like having too many pitches right now, I don't think really helps them. I think they need to try and find a way to pull the trigger on something offensively um, that will help them, not just for this year, but for the next at least two beyond um, in some sort of position of need, which let's be honest, there's a few of them. Uh, we again, haven't, we haven't spoken about Brian Anderson, at third base that equally has been the sticks actually been okay. But the defense has now fallen off for the BA. He's had a real rough stretch defensively. I say rough, probably overselling it. Like, just unfortunate there's maybe been three or four instances of balls at him that have got through him that we haven't seen before from BA. But we haven't got time for it today. We're right out of time. So we'll call it on Monday's edition of Locked on Marlins. 
Um, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listener today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks to Sean Barrett for joining me, the UK GOAT. And if you are now thinking about your second listener of the day, highly recommend this one. It's draft season, guys, as we know. So Locked On MLB Prospects has been absolutely pumping the content out. Lindsey Crosby hosts that show, and he has been on fire. Get yourself into that straight after this. See what he's got to say about the Marlins draft, uh, as well as everyone else. It's free and available wherever you get your pods. And that is us done for today. Back tomorrow, of course, because, hey, it's a daily pod. Back Tuesday, and we're going to be digging into the draft itself. The Marlins have been busy. Their strategy has been interesting. So we're going to dig into all of that on tomorrow's Locked On Marlins. In the meantime, enjoy the Home Run Derby. Um, I think Ronnie Acuna shocks Pete Alonso in the first round, but he doesn't win it. Someone else goes on to beat Ronnie. I think Ronnie goes bananas in round one. That's my pick. Sean, final one for you. Who's winning this home run derby? My money's on Pujols. Pujols! (laughs) Yes, sir! (laughs) That would be sensational. Uh, Again, we we haven't even spoken about Sandy not starting the All-Star game, but again, we've got no time. Sean, come back later this week. We've got more to get into, I think, so... Guys, that's us done. Out of here. Locked on Marlins. Peter Pratt, Sean Barrett, UK Goats. Back tomorrow.